Hello and welcome to Cracked Open, a podcast guiding you on your journey to becoming a vessel of unconditional love. This is your host, Beck Mylonis, High Priestess, Channel, and Activator. Join me on this series as I share reflections, insights, and channel transmissions from my journey of walking the initiation path. Each episode is a unique transmission containing supportive frequencies to facilitate the deepest healing, activation, and reconnection with your soul. I invite you to open your mind and set the intention to receive this episode into your heart space. Let's go. Welcome, beautiful souls, to another episode of Cracked Open, Becoming a Vessel of Unconditional Love. Today with me here, I have Tia Lin, aka Sexy Biz Babe. She's a marketing, confidence, and sex coach and corporate marketing marketing queen turned multi-passionate six-figure business owner. She helps online female entrepreneurs stand out in a crowded market by owning their purpose, pleasure, and power so that they can organically attract more clients with ease. Tia helps women own who they are in the bedroom and the boardroom to have the best sex of their life. I love it. Today, we are talking... Um, you know, being a fem- female or f- a woman in the entrepreneurial space, reclaiming that pleasure in your business and in your life. I'm so excited to have you on, Tia, to share some of your wisdom and your knowledge. To begin with, I would love for you to introduce yourself in your own words, how you got here, and what the journey, the heroine's journey has been for you to reclaim all of this in your life. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. We just did a podcast together and it was amazing. And she channeled into some of the things I wasn't able to share in a whole different way. And I loved it. So amazing. I'm really excited to do this with you. And I started my journey on finding my purpose in my business just by, first of all, deciding I wanted to find it. Yeah. And like, it was a journey. And I'm like, oh, I got to find it. But what I found was just following that inspiration, following that inspiration and doing the thing. And it leads you along the path. There's no way I ever thought I would be here being a confidence and sex coach. Like no way. I just didn't think that. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. Did you have like a burning desire to like everyone I have on here is like, there was this point in my life where I was like, I need to find what my fucking purpose is. And there's something in me calling me to this thing. And I don't know what it is. And for me, mine was like really random and unexpected as well. Like I never thought I was a medicine woman and all this stuff. So what was that like for you? And what was that experience without having that purpose? Like, did it feel heavy or sad? Or like, what were you experiencing when you were like, I need to fucking do this? Yeah, it was probably about seven, eight years ago, actually. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was just like, I got to find my purpose. I got to, I wanted to bring that light in. I I'm very soul connected. So I wanted to do what I was supposed to be doing. And it Mm -hmm. felt like there was something that I had to be doing and I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And I kept searching and learning and like going on YouTube videos and like, this isn't it. But what it was, was each thing of me, you know, following that path, leading me down. Each part was part of my purpose. Yeah. So the first thing was making festival outfits. It was just, I have a desire to make festival outfits. I put it online and then I actually grew it into a multiple six figure business now. And it was just going with like, Oh, this would be fun. Oh, I love to make this. 
oh, like I might as well share it. And then people started buying it and then I kept growing it and it was following that fear and having fun with it. But there's no way I would have thought I would be doing this full-time and being a marketing, uh, a sex and confidence coach. Like I just never would have thought that. Yeah, I love that. And I speak about this on, I spoke about this on a previous episode around soul purpose about like how it's like following each little thread. Like we're not going to get given the whole fucking thing at the start, like with you. And I'm sure with me, if someone had told me this is what I'd be doing, I'd be like, you're insane. But it's almost like every single thing that I did that wasn't my purpose or brought me closer took me on this trajectory and I went through the journey, right. To becoming the woman who um, is here doing this. So I would love to know, the most pinnacle points, I mean, <laughs> you could probably go on for ages about this, but just trying to find yeah. the, the nuggets of like, what were those crucial points on your journey? The things that really fucking impacted you where you were like, oh, this is reclaiming this like feminine energy or the sexuality or whatever it is. Like, where did you find that in those moments where you were like, oh, I get it. This is where I'm, I'm moving towards what I'm here to do. Yeah. So I'll just do it like kind of like a quick because there's like two or three that very stand out in my mind. The first one was moving to California and I did not want a nine to five job. It was such the biggest resistance and I wasn't getting the jobs and I was very qualified. But there was this part of me that I really didn't want any of the things that I was qualifying and applying to. And I was like, okay, this doesn't even make sense. Like, why isn't this working? And I was like, well, do I really want it? No, I don't. I really, really, really don't. And then, so I gave myself a month to figure out a way to provide for myself working for myself. And it kind of is a little bit messier. But once I was in Thailand, I heard of coaching and it blew my mind to think that I could be a marketing coach because I was already in marketing, but I could help women build a business with marketing with my expertise and I was like wow you know what I'll just buy the course I'll listen to it in Thailand and see what happens and then I went for it I got my first client I did her steps I did each step that was really weird and whatever I did it anyways because I wanted to give it a try and I just kept going from there I kept being the marketing coach I got my first high ticket client I think within a month and then I just kept going. But another big point was I was being drawn more to sexuality and confidence. And I was like, oh, but I'm not like a sex coach and I don't want to be a therapist. But I just kept kind of like, ooh, what if I just do like a, what if I just start doing some podcasts on it? What if I just start there? And then like, what if I, what if I do like a workshop on this just out of my heart? And those things kept guiding me. And then, whoa, now I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I started out as a coach as well, which is really funny because that was the first big step forward on my mission. Like, and it's the coaching industry is so great for that. And like, obviously there's some things that are moving in the coaching industry that weren't in alignment and it's the configuration of that is changing. But I see at the core of coaching is empowering people, right? And I love that you're doing this for women. Um, and I love that you went on this journey to be like, oh, but this, I really pulled to this because I've had the same with sexuality. Like I'm, I'm definitely a soul mission coach more than anything in a channel. And I wouldn't even call myself a coach, but a medicine woman, but there's mm -hmm. always been this like parallel thread of the sexual stuff, which has been since I started this journey. And I used to have people being like, oh, you're going to go down a sexuality path. And I was like, well, that's crazy. 
but it makes sense given my life, like being a burlesque performer and a stripper and various other things. Um, so was that something for you that you were exploring in your life, which, you know, like was expanding and how did that journey go for you? Like what, what was your journey with reclaiming your own sexuality? Yeah. So I came from Utah, uh, born and raised all of my life. And I was raised very Christian in a very Mormon world. So there's lots of threads that are similar, but it's even stronger on the judgment and shame in where I was raised because I was in a very small town. Mm-hmm. So pretty much they equate being Mormon and religious in any way or Christian as being good and being on the right path and don't have sex, don't swear, that's bad. Um, you know, don't have sex before marriage, that's bad, all of these things. And it's very uh, prominent. It's like you, that's everybody. Like, so even from high school, I was just like, I never really bought into, I don't know if bought is the right word, but I never believed that I would save myself till marriage, even though I was very Christian, born again, Christian. But I was like, that doesn't make sense because I don't see myself getting married till I'm like late, like later in life, like mid 20s, 30s. I didn't. So I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But I did save myself for other reasons for quite a while. But anyways, uh, pretty much just breaking out of that shame and judgment on other women I noticed I was doing. And so I had to start doing some deep shadow work. Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. The shame of what you just said at the end, I was like, I feel that because actually we think that all the shame and judgment is coming from men around our sexuality, but Mm. the big piece of it is like other women. Like when we see a woman in her sexual energy, we're the ones who, you know, call her a slut and a bitch and a whore and like pull her down. And it's like, what's in that? Why are we doing that? Why are we tearing our sisters down instead of celebrating them? I used to get triggered by people (laughs) who were like very big in their sexual energy um, because it was like this mirror to me of some part of me I wasn't claiming or owning, right? And so it's that invitation, like, can we see that in other people and recognize the reason why we're triggered? It's because it's something that we're not owning, but it's, it's fucked up that women do this to each other. And, you know, we talk behind each other's backs and we like belittle each other and we, yeah. So did you have any experiences growing up with other women where there was that, like for you to judge women, obviously you were judged in some way, like what was your experience connecting with women? Oh, so this is the point. This is the point that shifted me. There was, there was multiple points, but I remember it. I remember at one point shaming my friend because she slept around and she had multiple sex partners and she was very free with it. And I was like, well, you know, what I was raised with is that's like skanky or she's too free or blah, 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 blah. So that's kind of what started it. And then there was another point where I was doing pole fitness and I was doing sexy classes, but I hadn't like worn the stripper heels or worn the pleasers or done really that side of it or shared that part. I was very more into the tricks. And I remember when there was a woman doing it and she was like, being sexy and free and lifting her legs and wearing the stripper eight inch heels. And she was recording it. And there was a point of me being like, oh, well, she shouldn't do that. Like she can't do that for free for the internet. People will think she's a hoe or, you know, I'm just, she shouldn't (laughs) be doing it. You know what I was raised. And then I was like, wait, I mean, like, I kind of want to do that. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. And so I had to start doing that shadow work. I looked on the internet, shadow work by Teal Swan and started doing that. Mm-hmm. What was your best or like your favorite way to do shadow work? Like what's that? Like for me, it's, yeah, it can go really, really deep, but like what, how do you do the shadow work? Well, I did that uh, YouTube video. You could probably still look it up. Shadow work by Teal Swan. And mm-hmm. I did each step and I realized that there was a part of me that wasn't allowing myself to own my sexuality. And there was a part of me that wanted to be seen or wanted to feel more free. Maybe it wasn't in her exact way, but it was still desiring a little bit more self-expression or to be sexy or to feel more free in my sexual identity. Maybe that it is okay to sleep with people without them being my boyfriend, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say I asked myself, is this shame mine? That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Or is it from somebody else? beautiful and in like I know you came from like a corporate background right and so when you were in that marketing space what was the relationship to like where was your energy at like were you claiming that energy and if not like how did you start to claim that in in that maybe you had to leave that space to do that but what kind of energy were you in when you were in that space yeah take you back to I don't know like 2013 yeah I was in a corporate job worked with men and women they weren't like super stuffy (laughs) but I did feel like I couldn't wear a pencil dress because I have a butt so I have to wear pants and I have to wear like something that's not too form-fitting because then I will look too sexy even though someone else can wear it I can't wear it Mm -hmm. so I definitely was like you know, keep things like not too sexy. And I had two Facebooks. I had a Facebook for business and my business work coworkers. And then I had a Facebook for myself. And I was starting to explore my sexual side by doing pole fitness and dancing, which I've done all my life, but doing pole fitness and all that was very empowering. And that was the part that was hard was I felt like two different people online. Yeah, absolutely. And and I've spoken about this before, but I would love to touch on like the identities that we create or the ways that we separate aspects of ourselves, um, depending on who we're with. Like, so in a corporate environment, I'm more toned down. And I understand that in that environment, sometimes maybe yeah. you need to be a bit more toned down, but having these identities, like, so for me, when I was younger, I had this persona, Violet Royale, and she was the burlesque and the dancing and the, the wild sexual energy. And it was like, my sexual energy could only be expressed through that Mm. character or through that version of me and then other versions of me were not that right and so there was this integration piece of knitting the chasm between all these parts of myself and bringing them into the one version of me like I can be fully expressed in all these different versions um, and all these different energies and I can be that and that and that and that at the same time and they're all just aspects of me and I can flow in this space of like all of me is here and welcome. Um, So I love that. And I love that you bring that energy into business, right? Of like, I can be pleasurable, not only in my own sexual energy, but in my, my business. So I would love for you to speak about like how that integration comes in for people. Like what's the connection between pleasure in your business and pleasure in your life? Because for me, I've seen like, whenever I'm feeling really whole or loved or whatever it is, my connections and intimacy are getting met. I'm making a fucking lot of money. Like whenever I'm well fucked, I'm making or like, you know, feeling juicy in that way. I'm making a lot of money, right? So what's that connection for you? Yes. 
So there was a point where I was too in my masculine. I was too in the doing in the go, 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 get this done to do list. I have to do this. I cannot do anything for myself or anything enjoyable because I related business and success with almost pretty much pain and just hustle and do, do, do. Mm -hmm. And I hit a fucking point where I was burnt out to the extreme where I was like, there's no point of having a business right now. I hate it. I'm miserable. And I wasn't making money either. And so I was like, what if I just like shut all this down and I just shifted it like this to-do list, these, all these hustles, it's not working. So might as well. And so I burned that like hustle must do, must be in pain to get money down. And I was like, let's just see what happens. And so I shifted and I connected to more fun and joy and what would light me up and what could I do that I would feel happy doing it for free. And then I made $5,000. Like it was just like shifting that energy of giving in my purpose and putting more pleasure into it. Boom. But it wasn't to get the money, which is kind of a hard thing to Mm -hmm. balance and shift on. Yeah. And I've spoken about this, like, um, it's not only like, so it is kind of service, like serving for free because it feels good to do that. But it's also like doing the things that excite you. Like I've been talking about how for the past couple of months, I've just been focusing on this podcast. I haven't been taking clients like because it genuinely fucking excites me and it feels good. Um, but through that, that act of like feeling what, what lights you up or what feels good or what feels expansive, you come into this magnetic energy where you attract the money, right? And so for me, the money frequency is attracted to fun and play. And there's lots of distortions around money, which is money to control people and enslave people and like greed and lack and all of that shit. But when you can connect to the pure frequency of abundance, which is freedom and play and joy, um, it's almost like you don't have to try so hard. Like you just Mm -hmm. naturally attract clients or attract people so in terms of that um you know when you're working with someone to guide them into this pleasure and 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 accelerate their business what are some things that you help them to do or how how do you make them help them to make that shift where they're just attracting magnetically yeah I would say first breaking free of the rules that are so stuck in our brain that's one of the first things I do I I have them write down what are all the rules that you think you have to have and then fucking break them. Like I blow up this rule. I blow up this rule. I break this rule and then like shift their mindset of, wait, I can actually have fun on live video and attract one person from that video. I can enjoy my sales calls. And then like, I help them. It's so interesting because you can say, go have fun on your sales calls, go have fun in your launching, but it's hard for people to understand. So when I work with clients, I'm like, okay, what do you dislike about sales calls? What do you like about sales calls? What do you dislike about this? What do you like about this? And I help them infuse it into what they're doing. So like, for example, I hate, I used to hate sales calls because I had to be sitting in a chair and on video. Guess what? I don't sit in a chair and I'm not on video anymore for Mm -hmm. sales calls until they pay me and I have to be there. So like, it's just as simple as that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's igniting that pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes that third party or that, that person to like, take you out of it. Yeah. To give you permission. Right. It's like, I give you permission to 
not have to do the things that make you fucking miserable. Um, and it's, it comes down to, I guess, this like Gary V hustle mentality culture that entrepreneurs have and women seeing this and being like, well, we need to be like that. And we need to run our business from this masculine place of structures and systems and fucking blocking and chunking our days and work till I die mentality, which is actually so fucking harmful for our bodies as women to be yeah. operating and functioning like that. Like we're cyclical. We're meant to flow. We're meant to like, there's days where I do nothing in my business because I don't feel like it. Don't work when I'm bleeding. Like I wait for the inspired action, the thing that feels good, and that's how I operate. And when I'm in that space where I get the aligned action or I'm doing something that feels good, it's like I can, my output is huge compared to if I was forcing myself, right? I remember I had this business coach, the first ever coach that I had. And she said to me, stop doing anything. Like literally just, I challenge you to just do nothing for like a week, like a whole week of doing nothing, sitting in your ass. And it brought up so much conditioning for me of like I feel like I need to be doing in order to receive right rather than being or rather than just whatever it is that worthiness so I'm wondering you know obviously you have very high self-worth and confidence how can we begin to cultivate that self-worth and confidence so we are showing up in a way where we're just doing the things that feel good for us and allowing that to bring in the clients or, or build the business or whatever that is yeah, harnessing that confidence is very important. And for me, it starts from the inside out. And it really is, well, what I found is that taking those masks off, those judgments off, really makes room for the confidence to come in, makes room for that self-expression. But you have to first do that. And some people don't really relate to the word shame, but the word shame, like a working definition is just the impulse to hide something. Mm -hmm. So it could be as small as like, they're so afraid of people knowing that they're not making money in their business, that they're putting such a facade on that they're like this rich person and then doing so well. And then they're not connecting to their clients because they're putting this fake mask on. <laughs> yeah. So like breaking free of those first and then rising up with what you're best at, not comparing, but what your purpose is, what your unique self is, what your like inner light is and follow that. And yeah, I love us. that. And yeah, because that's magnetic to our soul clients. Like us being us is fucking magnetic. Me showing up in my vulnerability on a bad day or like me giving myself permission to be me allows those people to be like, oh my God, shit. Like that's uninhibited, like essence of that person. And I desire that confidence of just being myself. So it's like giving people permission to just be themselves. And there's this resonance of like, when you're inauthentic and you're trying to be someone that you think people will want to pay or like, or, you know, like projecting this persona, it's often so far removed from the person that you are. And that person that you are is that magnetic force that will call the people that are meant to be for you. I love hearing about like random, um, you know, client stories, how people magnetically attract clients into their space. What's the coolest, like most random way that you've magnetized a soul client into your space? I love this question and I have yeah. a great story. <laughs> so I, there was a point where I already shared poll videos. Okay. I shared poll videos on my Instagram, on my Facebook. I like to share my growth. But once I became a business coach, I was like, wait, I was like, wait, I can't do that anymore. I can't relate it together. And it was having a coach 
from the outside perspective, challenge me to embody both, to show how pole dancing or dancing links to business and growth and success. And so I did that and I kept doing that and kept doing that. And it's funny because when I got the most clients and my first 10 K client was when I was pole dancing and sharing the video and saying how it relates to business and success. And I asked these clients like, oh, how did you find me? What was it that drew you to me? And they're like, oh, your pole dancing video. I found it and then saw you're a business coach. Oh, that one post that you allowed yourself to dance or that twerk post. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah, because that's you uninhibited, like you just expressing. So I actually want to ask you the question, what is the link between pole dancing and business? Because I would love to know. (laughs) Can we all make lots of money by grinding a pole? Like I already know the answer to that, but I would love for the audience to hear your perspective. Um, I think it was that self-expression, like you said, like people just felt like it was, it was part of them and they wanted that they desired the self-expression and confidence that I was showing. They wanted that. And they were like, Whoa, that's possible. And they wanted that acceptance too, of their sexual side. One of them was a Christian mom that talks about the Bible every day. She hired me and she just wanted to tap into her sexuality, but also she wanted to work on her business. Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of like, oh, you're being you. So it allows other people permission for them to be themselves. Totally. And your business is an extension of you, right? Like it's not this separate entity, which needs to be locked off in a black. It's literally an entity that is working with you. You have a divine union with this business structure, whatever it is to be an extension of you, to support you financially. So you can continue to be more of you. I love that. So let's change gears a little bit. I would love for you to talk about how women can have better sex in the bedroom and and kind of like what sorts of things you do. Um, I know we spoke on your podcast just now about you go to play parties and you try and push yourself past your kind of like where you've been, right? So into new experiences, <laughs> what what that's been like. It's like, it'd be very confronting, I think, in a lot of ways to go into those spaces. So yeah, talk to me about what sorts of things you've been doing. Um, yeah, yeah, I love that. That's one of my favorite parts of my business now. And the common theme in my purpose is confidence. So mm-hmm. confidence came up in my clothing line in my coaching business, and now the sexuality. And so that's the common thread. And it's still removing those blocks of shame that are holding you back in the bedroom. It's a literal block to more pleasure. It's like, Mm -hmm. you're hitting this point, you're hitting this point, this freaking wall of judgment and shame and masks isn't letting you break free to the multiple orgasms, the ecstasy, the levels of enjoyment that exist. And Mm -hmm it's a mental block too. So you need to break free from those. And that is either working with someone or shadow work, or it could be understanding yourself more. All of it leads to it. So yeah, you can ask me, I'm just like, there's so much to say on this topic. I mean, I have a lot of questions already. So the first question I'm going to ask you is like, what is the most expansive sexual experience you've ever had to date maybe there's more than one I mean it's hard to like I've like five that are like up there but like what was it and what was it about that experience that felt so expansive for you if you're comfortable sharing oh yeah I love to talk about sex and experiences I know I've just had so many so I don't really know which way to go and which one's expansive can you get a little bit more specific absolutely yeah 
Um, what, okay, what experience do you think that you've had changed you so fundamentally in that connection, in that expression, or like broke away a part of you, which was limiting you in one like experience? So you had one experience and it was like, fuck, it doesn't need to be this way. Or, oh my God, I really overcame something that was like a taboo for me or was really challenging me to do that. And then as a result of overcoming that, I now feel so fucking liberated. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I may kind of mix some experiences with the same person because I would say my ex-partner had a lot of those experiences. And Mm -hmm. one of the biggest ones was submission. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Like breaking down your ego and surrendering to the moment, Mm -hmm. to their energy, to feeling supported and to just submitting was something that I think transformed my life in a lot of other ways where I could submit and surrender and feel into my feminine energy or even to the universe and to what's happening and kind of feel into that. And Mm -hmm. so I would say some taboo, I'm like, oh, what do I share? It's a little taboo. It's a free-for-all. Yeah, it's absolute free-for-all over here. (laughs) Nothing is too much. All of you is welcome here. (laughs) I would say, which one should I say? (laughs) It's both so taboo. I would say really surrendering to something that I used to shame myself for is like a threesome with two guys. Mm -hmm. And it was always like in my head of like, that's, that's so, you know, what would I say? like not good for the woman. It's like for the man. It's like, oh, like submissive. And like, that's for the men. And they're like taking advantage of her. But Mm -hmm. what I realized was it's actually all about the woman's pleasure. And Mm -hmm. it's very empowering and amazing and like surrendering, but then also feeling amazing. And it's all about you. So owning that power and then being submissive to all the like love and connection and like everything really broke free because I no longer thought of that towards me towards other women and then just submitting and just like being in that experience and also being held by two partners that I do respect and I'm comfortable with and I would say don't do that with just strangers unless yeah this this is what I was absolutely as you were saying the word degradation came to my mind and there's so many experiences we're drawn to like so for instance like rape fantasies or like two men or like what completely being just like annihilated by a a partner whatever that is which can be very degrading if there's not respect and there's not that container yeah but it also on the opposite end of the spectrum I spoke on here about Shibari with a, a friend of mine recently about like if you go into that place of that shame and that guilt and the it's like a a whore fantasy like being treated like Mm -hmm. a whore can be so fucking liberating oh my god my whole lower body is like (gasps) feeling that of like going there when you feel respected and held and supported and like having that container with someone who's conscious and loving and open um and getting the aftercare you know we spoke about aftercare I would love for you to speak about that in a second but once you have that container to go to these places which are considered degrading or we've got inversions about oh this means that you know it's about them and their pleasure or like for instance I used to when I was younger have a lot of men who just slammed me for their own pleasure and it was very like I thought I wanted rough sex but actually Mm -hmm. because they weren't genuinely connected to me having pleasure in that space it did feel like they were just using me and like it felt unsafe but I still Mm -hmm. desire that like that primal rough you know, like being completely, um, what's the word? Um, 
oh my God, it's like not consumed, ravished, ravished by a man, right? We desire that, but we almost don't let ourselves have it when we step into more confidence or empowerment because we're like, oh, but that means that I'm then taking a step back from my empowerment when truly it can be so empowering if you're with the right partner. Um, I had a question that I lost it. I kind of asked you the question, oh, the safe, the safety around that, the container that you create, like, so to people who don't know what aftercare is, like talk to me about like what that is and, and what boundaries you've had to set around aftercare. So you make sure that you're feeling nourished, especially after like, say like a violent scene or like, I don't know if that's something that you do or like degradation um, to then yeah. come back to this place of like, I don't feel used. I don't feel like whatever it is at the end. Yeah. So first of all, don't go into any of those type of scenes or play without someone that you can really feel safe and supported with and feel nurtured by and creating and learning what your aftercare needs is important aftercare is like what do you need after maybe being super submissive being Mm -hmm. ravished being like whoa this is amazing like sometimes you can feel depleted so one of my guests even shared that she really likes chocolate she likes to drink or eat chocolate after that's her aftercare so she wants things like set up or maybe there's some chocolate or comfort me I want cuddles I want nurturing I want them to hold me to fill up my cup because I'm so surrendered and submissive. So I want that love and attention and I need time afterwards. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be instant. It could be 10 minutes after, you know, they go to the bathroom, they clean up, whatever, but I need that nurturing, that loving love after. And that that's also with one night stands, like Mm -hmm. to even share that, like, Hey, we're going to have this really great uh, session, but I would really like if we could cuddle a little bit before you left. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's, setting that, it's setting that container and that boundary. We kind of spoke about it on your podcast, but I had an experience recently with a dear friend slash soul friend slash whatever it was, where it was like a kind of like a one within one experience. And we'd kind of set the intention that we weren't going to keep exploring it or it, there was no expectation. But what really allowed me to feel really good and whole and complete at the end was like, we were very intentional going into that space. And then we closed that space with intention as well of like honoring each other and honoring the energy and then pulling our energy back into sovereignty. And we spoke about this on your podcast, but I would love to just touch on this for my audience as well, because when we're exchanging that energy, particularly if we're playing with multiple partners, we're having a lot of sex, like even if it's just energy energy exchange with lots of people, if we're not pulling our cords back, sending back their cords, dissolving that container afterwards, what can happen is the next day you can start to feel their shit and be clearing their shit or whatever. You get confused emotionally or overwhelmed because you haven't pulled yourself back into sovereignty. So one practice I would welcome everyone to do entering into any sort of sexual container is like, okay, we're entering into this space. What are your intentions? What are your desires? What are your expectations? What are your boundaries, right? Expressing that stuff. And then at the end, okay, let's close this container, pull our energy back and come back into sovereignty. Because I think a lot of, and I would love to hear your opinion on this. A lot of people get really lost when they're playing in this space. And then because they're so busy, like consciously and constantly connecting to all of these people, when they come back into their own energy, they can feel very empty. Like when that person leaves the next morning or whatever that is, um, because we haven't been coming into that space of wholeness. So for you, what are your practices to make sure that you're not, um, I suppose like 
diluting your energy or like placing your energy into all the people and making sure that you have that container for yourself to come back into sovereignty and your own sexual energy. Um, and it's not leaking out to other people when you're sharing it in this way. Welcome to the portal of potential, the sacral chakra, the seat of sacred sexuality. Within the sacral chakra lies the key to limitless creativity, pleasure, play, and abundance. Introducing the passion portal, this short, multi-dimensional online retreat will allow you to heal, unblock, and access the untapped potential within your sacral, reclaim your sacred sexuality, and open the portal to a passionate, pleasurable, and prosperous life. Head to the link in the show notes or check out my website for more information. Now let's get back to this episode. Yeah, I would say, yeah, making sure I have aftercare making sure I don't have the expectations and that I go into it with, well, no expectations and also a container of what that is and like letting go of that energy. I do something similar and I'm going to totally use what you shared more often, like to end it, but Mm -hmm. to fill my cup. So if I didn't have that love and attention, I need to go give it to myself. So that Mm -hmm. could be cuddling up and like listening to some like lovey music or hug music, or it could even be sad music and just like feeling like held, hold yourself, have a heavy blanket on you, feeling that like nurturing. It could be going to call your friend and connecting with them, sharing your moments or like just whatever your needs are to go meet them yourself if that person completely left. Mm-hmm. It could even be hanging out with your friends and getting nurtured with your friends. Yeah. I'm wondering if you have, I'm going to share a little anecdote and I'm wondering if you can relate to this. I'm being told to share it. So, okay. I'm sure she'll yeah. have something to relate, but like, if you have a process for firstly, like putting up boundaries, right. So being clear on your boundaries, but also like making sure, like checking in with yourself, do I feel safe? Mm. Um, because so for instance, yet yeah, uh, recently I've had an experience where I set boundaries that weren't fully coming from alignment. Like there were boundaries, which were brick walls right and I had this boundary around penetration and I expressed that boundary and then the person would be like okay and then I was like but actually it might change in the moment right so it's like being comfortable for that boundary to change but mm-hmm. the thing that enabled that boundary to change for me was when I checked in with myself like little Beck right and in the past I wouldn't check in with her and I would just keep going and, and like allow my boundary to be crossed or like not set it or whatever it is and then I'd get really emotional or feel like upset at myself or shame or guilt or whatever it is because I hadn't checked in and made sure that she was okay so do you have like some process to check in with yourself like particularly around boundaries and I know boundaries can be flexible and sometimes we're setting a boundary and then we realize where is that boundary actually coming from is it blocking me from connection which is what I noticed in this situation for me it was like a, a story that I was telling myself of if you take it to this point then um I don't know what the story was. It doesn't, it's not really relevant what the story was, but there was a story behind it of why I thought I needed to have that boundary. When actually, when I let go of that boundary, what was available to me was like really deep love and connection. Um, Mm -hmm. And so where I was setting that boundary from wasn't clear. Like it wasn't a clear, this is truly what I desired. And when I tuned into myself and realized I was safe, then I was like, oh, it feels really good for me to like let go of that boundary and allow that person to penetrate me or whatever it was in that space. And my body desired that, but I was in my head of like, I need to set this boundary because it's a boundary. So have you had that showing up in your partnerships or your relationships? How's that look like for you, that process? 
Yeah, I would say that last part that you said was the biggest part is, is it coming from your mind, really trying to calculate and figure it out and set these things based on your mind? Or is it coming from your body and your alignment and your intuition? Whereas there was a point where my mind was like, oh, I can't, I don't want to hit a certain number of partners. And like, that makes me a hoe or I just don't want to do that. Or is it just like, I'm making up these stories in my head. And what if I tapped into what I desire? Does that work with me? So this also came up recently is a big no, that maybe in other circumstances was a yes, was I was like feeling into things and somebody was like, can I touch you? And I was like, okay, right there, yes. And I was very clear, right there, yes. And then he tried to do a little bit more and I was like, no. And then he, I was like, I, I do like you asking for consent. And then he kept exploring and I was like, yeah, just that. And then I, I was kind of a hard no, like I could feel it in my body. And I was mm-hmm. trying to rationalize too. I was like, well, I do this normally. Why is it different this time? You know? And, oh, but I'm in the space that maybe I should. Mm-hmm. And this is not my normal case. So I was like, but it was a hard no. It was like, what happened was my body contracted. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel safe. I didn't mm-hmm. feel supported. I didn't feel like I could be like, let go. So when his touch touched me, I was like, like, mm-hmm. I don't want this. So yeah. then I really had to listen to it. And it was a little bit uncomfortable and it did shift the mood of things. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not really comfortable. And Honestly, even just me saying not really isn't good. Like I'm not comfortable with this and that's okay. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I think that's so important to come, come into your body. Um, I want to share, uh, I kind of, I had this experience a couple of months ago where I was on this date with this guy and it went a bit too far and like my whole body shut down and it was saying yeah. no, and it was saying I'm not safe. And I kept going and I'm like, I went further than I had to. And then I had to remove myself from the situation. And that was playing in my mind. I recently had a connection with a friend and I'm sure he's going to listen to this because he hears my podcast. So I love you and thank you. And it was beautiful um, where my mind and my stories got in the way of what my body intuitively knew, like my body knew and could feel connection and it could feel that it desired something. And it literally like we had to walk home <laughs> and as we were walking home and I was like, I'm not sure like if I want to go home with you or not, let's walk to my parents' place. And on the way, I'm going to see what, what kind of comes up. And I was in my head the whole time. I was not even fucking present. I was like present with the funny thing that had happened, which is that that guy from the previous experience had texted me out of the blue. I hadn't heard from him in three months and he randomly messaged me. Right. And so I'm coming into this experience with this new person being like that time I abandoned myself and I didn't set a boundary and I wasn't fucking clear. So that story was playing of like, I don't want this situation to play again. And the last time you entered into 11-11, as I looked up, the last time you entered into a connection with someone, it felt really horrible when you didn't like check in with yourself. So I was coming into this experience from that experience, right? Feeling yeah. like I need to be really hard on my boundaries and set my boundaries. Anyway, totally in my head, we're walking home and he just stops and he's like, can you just stop for a minute? I would like to kiss you. And I was like, great. And he like held me up against the wall and he kissed me. And like my whole fucking body was like, I desire this. And it's clear. And like, yes, it was like, yes. And then all the stories and all the shit in my mind just melted away. And I was like, I was just creating these fucking stories for myself based on a previous experience. And you can't enter into every experience with the same paintbrush that you painted the last experience because it's going to be different, right? So I was expecting 
that my inner child wouldn't feel safe or that, you know, I would, if we cross that boundary and whatever happened, I would then feel like shit the next day. And so then mm-hmm. we did, we connected in this beautiful fucking intentional space. And he was speaking directly to my inner child and it was so healing and like wonderful. And then we parted ways. And the next morning I actually felt really fucking good and whole. And like, it was yeah. the inverse to the experience that I just had with that other guy where I woke up feeling like shit. I feel like I self-abandoned. I then had to do all this repair work with my little girl for being like, I'm so sorry. I didn't listen to you because in that moment with the previous guy, my whole body was like, no, like, you know, it got to a point. It was, we were making out. It felt good. And then when we came into the room to like, take it further, even though I'd set a boundary, my whole body was like, no, 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 I don't feel safe. Get me out of here. And I didn't listen to that. Right. And so it's like, can you trust your body? Your body has so much wisdom. And Mm -hmm. when we're caught up in the rational mind, we might not be able to hear it because we're caught up in the, I need to like do this because it feels like I have to do this, or I need to set this boundary because, um, you know, I, I promised myself I wouldn't like experience penetration with anyone that's not my partner or whatever the fuck it is. Like we create these stories And then what's available when we check in and like actually check into where is the alignment, where is the desire in my body? Like there's room for such beautiful experiences. And I knew like on a fucking emotional, like energetic level, I knew from the moment I met this person that there was something to be had there. I knew it. And I was telling myself stories about why it couldn't be or why I didn't desire it. Um, So it's like, yeah, check in with your body is so important. Um, Do you have any other stories about like your body saying no? And then, you know, you realized... Yeah. You didn't set a boundary or whatever that was. This one I haven't even shared on mine, if it's okay. Yeah. I have uh I've been working on healing this all the way back in September. And it was my body like saying, no, like it was fine, it was fine, and it was fine. And then there was a point that it hit and my body was like, no, this isn't okay. This isn't okay. And I'm not sure if I I almost think my brain went into like blankness, like of mm-hmm. like, I don't even remember parts. And yeah. I talked to my mom about this where she's like, maybe you blocked it out. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, I'm having fun. Oh, my, I'm having fun. And then somebody got like pushy and like the energy shifted. And then I spoke up for myself and I was like, no, I don't want that. And then they shamed me for it. Wow. And so, that feeling that you had where it's like, no, like your body, you're like, it's screaming at you, like trust Mm -hmm. that. And I'm glad I trusted Mm -hmm. it, but I still felt that feeling of, I don't know, being shamed by them. And then them blaming me of being like, well, you shouldn't have put it in this scenario or, oh, it's your fault. And like, it felt so not good, like in my body and in myself and just felt manipulative. And I almost shamed and judged myself for being put in that scenario to, you know, maybe lead them on, you know, just those, those words that we hear towards women. Mm -hmm. And so healing that and then trusting myself in the future, like, Hey, I learned that lesson. Now, can I trust myself to like speak up? Can I trust Mm -hmm. myself to really tap into my body? Can I trust myself to make sure I'm surrounded by maybe a little bit better quality humans so that doesn't happen again? But that did take time for me. 
Yeah, I love that, the trusting self part, because that's what was coming through for me recently. It was like in this experience, I trust you to know and discern and be flexible enough to know and discern what, you know, what is safe, what isn't safe, what feels mm-hmm. good. And it's also uh, what I was thinking when you were talking about physiological and physical and somatic um, indications for us that mm-hmm. it, our body feels safe. So for instance, wetness or not feeling wet. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not feeling wet and you're having to use lube, ask yourself, like your vagina is talking to you. <laughs> it's saying, I don't, I'm not actually desiring this, right? Do you feel like, like for me, when I desire for someone to penetrate me, I feel like my energy is like pulling them in. My vagina is like, yes, I want to open. I want to, you know, are my muscles relaxed and soft? Does this person make my body feel safe and calm? Like, is there, a, that's what I felt when this guy pushed me up against walls. Like my whole nervous system just went, <sighs> and I was like, oh my God, yeah. I'm not in my head anymore. Right. So what are some of those physiological um, or like physical or like, you know, somatic things for you to look for to be like okay my body feels good I feel safe my vagina is saying yes in this moment yeah I would say that safety feeling of Mm -hmm. safety feeling of connection feeling not rushed I think that's a big one is if you're like oh it could be soon it's okay if you wait Mm -hmm. like it's okay if you kind of share with your body language like "Ooh, touch me right here Mm -hmm. and you can surrender in a minute. Like be like, Ooh, I'd really love if you touched my chest or maybe like held me or kissed me first. It's okay to prolong it and have a little bit more foreplay because so often I've heard of women like, Oh, they felt like they had to, and they had to do it right away. Whereas if they waited even a minute, two minutes, five minutes, it would have been such just so much of a better experience for both of you. So that's what I like to think of is if you wait, you're going to be more wet. You're going to be more juicy. You're going to be more turned on and you're both going to enjoy it more. The energy is going to be there. Whether or not, yeah. not they can admit that they feel it, they feel it. So mm-hmm. make sure you're a fuck yes. They'll be a fuck yes. And then like, it will be like 10 times, hundred times better. <laughs> I love that. I'm not rushing yourself. It's so important. Cause we're like, oh, I must like stick it in and I must get to this point of the climax. And it's like, no, like fucking the most recent experience that I had, it was like an hour of just playing tantrically and energetically with our energy and building that energy and building that energy and then what happened was when the actual physical stuff came in it was like fucking mind-blowing because that energy had been built up so much that it was like whoa and you can play in that potential with sexuality where you build up that energy even if it's like you don't sleep with the person for ages like that's for me has been something that I've been trying to practice like I've been Mm -hmm. so fast to act on my sexual desire rather than be like let's tease let's play let's like you know, build this up for a while. And then when it happens, it's going to be so much more explosive because there's been that, that, that building. Right. Amazing. I would love for you to share, because we're going to come into closure, how people can find you, how they can work with you and also share your podcast with, with us. So they can find your podcast for many more tips and kind of like sharings around sexuality and business and all of that. So take it away. Awesome. Yes. I love working with women that maybe be in, they're in overdrive with their masculine. They're just like, go, 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 do, do, do. I don't have time for pleasure. I don't know how to trust my feminine side. I don't know how to trust my sexuality. I don't know how to embrace it. I don't know how to tap in. I love helping women like that so they can balance that masculine and feminine energy, still be a go-getter, but also balance that feminine and that pleasure, and then really tap into that next level confidence and pleasure. And I'm sexy biz babe on all things. I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm there all the time. Definitely like share this episode, tag us. 
I would love to talk to you. Feel free to ask me any questions. And I work one-on-one or group coaching. And I'm on levelupwithtia.com. So check me out and follow me on Instagram. And my podcast is also Sexy Biz Babe. So all things Sexy Biz Babe. I love that. Thank you so much, beautiful soul, for joining me. And to all of you who are watching, and if you enjoyed this, hit me with a rating, with a comment. Uh, sorry, a review is what I want to say on Apple Podcasts. That would be really helpful. And until next time, beautiful souls, I love you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cracked Open. Don't forget to hit subscribe and share with a friend if this episode has served you in any way. For more information about the work that I do or to get in touch with me, read the show notes or head to beckmylonis.com. Until next time, beautiful soul.